Blue Collar Social Club, where white collar meets blue collar, and your average Joes talk about everything from sports, to working on cars, to bourbon, to cigars, to craft beers, you name it, we talk about it. This is your host, Rev the Barber, from the world famous Main Street Barbershop, Daytona Beach, Florida. Stay tuned to this week's episode. The Blue Collar Social Club podcast is excited to bring you guys our new men's care products. We got our Paps Beard Oil, Rev's Beard Balm, and our Body Bar Soap. I'm talking this stuff will get the deepest and dirtiest grime off your skin each and every time. We have four scents out right now. Our Kentucky Bourbon, Cool Blue Waters, Legends of Fall, and our Campfire Coffee. And we're also hoping to have six new scents out by Thanksgiving. All of our men's care products are made by Grammy and Paps Little Soap Shack. That's my mother and father-in-law. So, go to our Itsy store and check it out. Our Itsy store is Creative by Keegan. It's capital C R E A T I V capital B Y K E A G A N. Creative by Keegan on Itsy. That's where you can find all of Grammy and Paps Little Soap Shacks products and our men's care products by yours truly, Rev the Barber. So go on our Etsy store and check it out. You will not be disappointed. Welcome back to the Blue Collar Social Club. This is your host, Rev the Barber, from the world-famous Main Street Barbershop, Daytona Beach, Florida. And this is our Bikes, Brews, and Booze episode. And it's been a little while since we've had an episode, but it's great to be back with you guys. Thank you. Yeah, man. Feels good to be back. Yeah, after a a few months. I think our last episode was in June. (laughs) Yeah, back out of the dungeon. COVID-free. Yeah, we're all still COVID-free, and uh, we had a long break. Crazy summer for you guys, I'm sure. Yep, crazy summer. We're open again, though, so we're happy about that. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, our governor is actually really cool and decided to uh, open everything up pretty much 100% for the most part, right? We're open 100%. Yeah. Barbershops are. I don't think anything else. We are, too. I think Mm -hmm. our restaurants like still like 75 or... I, I thought they were 100. I think restaurants are 100, but I mean, part of the problem is public perception. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. there's still a lot of people not coming out yet, which right. is good too. It's yeah. the, that's the problem with the whole COVID thing is we don't want to open up 100% and try to do big events and super spreader events. So yeah. we try to kind of sandbag. We don't have any events planned for the end of the year, personally, yeah. on the Ormond Brink side of it. And yeah. that's just a an, an preventative measure not to spread COVID at all. So. We ha- we've had a couple of actually we have so far we've had a couple of very small events yeah like yeah. we had a um, what did we have we had a, a small rehearsal dinner that was supposed to be back in March when everything started shutting down right. but it was very small it was only like 15 people we actually had one of those too but rehearsal dinner but we're trying not to plan any big oh yeah events, we haven't done so. any yeah we haven't done any big events even though we could actually entertain one and plan one I think it's a, a detriment to the business to yeah right just right. pull out and go out and and have somebody contracted or let alone dozens of people contracted so yeah there's still a lot of people that are nervous about the whole situation and, and you know and still people getting sick too so. yeah there's still oh, people absolutely. getting sick so it's not yeah. it's not not here and it's not right gone so yeah and even though it's you know the, the doctors have done a good job of figuring out how to treat it you know we still don't want people having to go and 
go to the hospital. No, you don't want to go do through it if you don't have stuff. to. Take two oh. weeks off of work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Speaking of that, my wife um, is currently quarantined uh, because the whole football team at Pine Ridge High School uh, got quarantined because one player ended up with it. It was kind of funny because she didn't originally get quarantined, even though she had more contact with the player than anybody than else. Anybody else. <laughs> but it was a miscommunication from the principal to the assistant principal because the principal was quarantined. So he was relaying information to the assistant principal who was supposed to relay information on who was supposed to get quarantined and who wasn't supposed to get quarantined. And even though she isn't sick, they just got really confused on who was supposed to be quarantined and not. So the whole first week of the whole quarantine, she was still at school doing her thing and she was actually <laughs> supposed to be home. <laughs> so now she's home this week. So, But she's not even sick, so it's great. Yeah. <laughs> it's just... Yeah, congratulations to your wife, by the way. That's, oh, yeah. I don't know that she was – last time was she out? She was getting ready to graduate. I was yeah. saying, she yeah. wasn't – she hadn't graduated yeah. yet last time. Yeah. We she still has one – yeah, she still has one set of boards to uh, finish up and then – Fully certified. Good old part four. Be, yeah, good old oh, yeah. part four. Yeah, she'll be uh, – November 13th through the 15th, good old $1,500. Is, is she taking that – Minnesota. Here? Oh, Minnesota. They don't let you choose for part four. Really? Right. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. So you have to travel wherever they tell you. Wherever they tell you. They let you pick a couple of places, but if places are full, like she last minuted this one. Oh, yeah, you don't have a choice. Right. Yeah. about to say, like, you, if you pick early, you picked yeah, early. You get the, if you get to pick early, they give you your top. Like, choice. they give you your top. Like, you usually do, like, a top two. And yeah, top two. Okay, yeah. that's what I thought. So oh, this ain't even cities. What's that? Twin Cities. Somewhere like St. that. St. Paul and Minneapolis. It's over closer to West West St. Paul. Somewhere around there, it's a smaller town outside of Minneapolis. Minneapolis. She'll do. She'll do good. Yeah. You part four is not the. Uh, she got um, through all the hard ones. Oh yeah. So, but yeah. So she's taking it in November, and she is not going to take the mask off at all. She's just going to leave it up the whole that's, time. That's a good. Idea. <laughs> yeah. Good idea. Just yeah. Leave it on. So, but uh, one crazy thing about this whole thing, um, she did get a call from Texas A&M, hmm. a guy named Dan Jacoby. It, uh, he was at Marshall when she was at Marshall. He's their sports medicine director at Texas A&M, oh. main campus at College Station. Well, Texas A&M has a second location at Commerce, and they need a sports medicine director at Commerce. Oh. And so he reached out to her about that position. So That's cool. Yeah, so she's meeting, very yeah, she's meeting with Texas A&M tomorrow at 10 a.m. So, Good for her. That's oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah so she'll meet cool. with her with – Dan and the person at Commerce, and then their board of governors or whatever. So, yeah, very cool. Yeah, so she was supposed to meet with Emory Riddle, but the position never opened up. So we're not quite sure what happened there, but uh, it should be opening up soon. Yeah, because their head of uh, athletic training, he was supposed to leave by the end of October, and then they were going to open up the position, and she was like one of their top picks so, for the position. But so my wife worked in that department. She left that department, and it took a very, very long time for them to put the position up. Yeah. And it's just because the athletic director just drags his feet. Yeah. So. And, like, um, so the head athletic trainer, I cut his dad's hair, but one, but their head lacrosse coach also cut his hair, and he yeah. told us about the position, and he wanted – him and Sydney have talked a few times. He, he wanted her there, but Texas A&M's a bigger job, well, so – it's a bigger job, but I will say Ember well, we, Riddle. We like this area. Well, and Ember Riddle has some fantastic benefits. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, we we'd love to stay here, still but paying for Embry has Embry Riddle hasn't, you know. 
They still haven't posted the position. We can't sit around here and wait for them to post the position. Because no. she doesn't want to be at Volusia County any longer than she has to be. Because. Uh, <laughs> I went to Riddle for a long time. I didn't know eight that. Eight or nine years, yeah. Really? Really? <laughs> yeah. I went to Life University for like eight or nine years, so yeah. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Yeah. I could have been a chiropractor three times. But. <laughs> <laughs> but. Well, you got some new rums out. You're not just making hand sanitizer anymore. Thank God, yeah. <laughs> no, we finally, uh, we got to, and we've had these in the tank for a while. I mean, in the tank, in the barrel, I guess, for a while. We, um, these are actually a little over three years old. So we, these are rums that we made right after we opened. I mean, we just celebrated our four-year anniversary. So these are rums that we put in, you know, not too long after we opened. And, um... I brought in I brought in our single barrel rum just as kind of a baseline. This is basically what we start with. We age this one for two years and once used bourbon barrels, and then I dump that barrel into this one is a uh, a sherry cast that we got from Spain, an Oloroso sherry cast. Uh, we put it in there for another year, and you can see the color difference. Oh, is yeah. amazing. Um, really, really nice taste. It's like a burgundy red. Yeah, it's beautiful. And then. Uh, this one we did two years in a bourbon barrel and then another year in an Italian port barrel. Okay. So, Italian port barrel is kind of a... Uh, it's a ruby port barrel. Like ruby red? I mean, yeah. Darker than, yeah, darker they're, than the sherry one. So they're both far. really nice. So my, my thought is we got to start with the baseline, right? Got to see what it starts with. So I got a little of the, silk or the uh, single barrel here just to kind of show you what it tastes like. So this is this one was 30... A little over two years. This was actually 30 months in a four roses barrel. But um, nice, uh, like I said, a little over, a little over two years on this one, just shy of three. It's got a really Great nice, big nose, yeah. yeah, big nose on it. I mean, these are I like. I always like to tell people these are kind of like the whiskey drinkers' rums. Right. We don't add any sugars or flavors or anything to them. We like to get our flavors from barrel finishes. So these are two that we've been working on for a while. I've wanted to do them for a long time, and they've been sitting in the barrel for a long time. So, so this kind of gives you an idea of what we start with. Nice, smooth. You get that sweetness, but not overly sweet because there's no sugar right. added to it. Now, the single barrel is 80 proof. The two wine barrel finishes that we did are actually 86 proof. So these are a little bit higher proof. and um, We can buy them all. You can buy them at the shop, but very soon, actually probably by the time this comes out, you'll be able to go to our website and buy them online. Oh, cool. So we actually, that's one of the things that's happened since the last podcast, is you can actually go to our website and order almost all of our products online. These two aren't quite on yet. I was waiting on pictures and stuff like that. I got those now. I'm going to send them out, and uh, hopefully we can get them online, and you should be able to order them. In 46 of the 50 states. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So there's um, four states that I just are dead to me. I don't don't care to ever go there. They don't want our products. We don't want to. I don't want to go there. Oh, yeah. that? No, I'm just kidding. But no, it's uh, uh, Alaska, Hawaii, which those two I can get. Mm-hmm. I understand. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah. Um, Utah, which that makes I sense too. Kind yeah. of understand that, that one sense. too. The fourth one though, Michigan. Michigan. Wow. Of all Why Michigan? Michigan. Michigan I don't know. needs coverage. That's Michigan weird. Michigan needs as much as they can get. But uh, uh, I mean, they legalize pot. 
They legalize pot, yeah. They legalize Listen. pot. They can't have fucking alcohol. I mean, Michigan, come on. I mean, you got to understand their governor is something a, else, too, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Michigan's got their own issues they're going special. on right now. They're very special, and uh, they've got some special liquor laws. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll make sure to buy their cars, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Next time we're buying a car, buy uh, what, what brand? <laughs> Although I heard, brand? I heard a lot of those, those factories are moving out of there and going down to, like, Tennessee and some oh, other yeah. places. Yeah. Because the cities are more... Uh, Nickel to, to building things there. Yep. Yeah. All right. So yeah, I know I probably poured a little too much of that for you guys. There we got. It was delicious. If you want another cup, you can. But this I haven't is. Ate yet, so this is no, boring. this should should blend on top of it fine. How would you serve Good. this? Is this something you would sip? Or so you? the single barrel, I actually I sip it. I drink it just like we did. It's good on ice. Um, I'll tell you what, though, if you like a good rum and coke, it makes a good rum and coke. Yeah, I, mean, I was about to say it would. It would makes make... a really nice uh, old fashioned, a rum old fashioned. Makes a good uh, Manhattan, you know, any of your whiskey forward type drinks because it's got a lot of those whiskey notes, but it's still got a little sweetness to it. So the next one we've got here is the sherry, sherry finished. This one we, uh, like I said, two years in a bourbon barrel, another year in a sherry barrel that we got from Spain, an Oloroso sherry barrel to be specific. Yeah. And uh, sometimes they won't tell you names. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know the name. I don't know where it came from. It's just Oloroso is a style. Okay. Yeah, so it's the style of it. And, oh, you can uh, smell it. You can eat. smell it. It's almost got a cherry, fruity flavor up front. Yeah. I'm trying to be real slow about this because uh, I haven't ate dinner yet. So much more, <laughs> I have much nothing more on my stomach I, where I do my I know we spoke about this before now. I don't remember the answer. Are you allowed to use a barrel more than once or you can only use it once? Yes, we can use them more than once. Okay. Uh, bourbon... The reason we, the reason most spirits use bourbon barrels is because they have to use a brand new barrel every time. Okay. But since, you know, almost all scotch, rum, tequila, most other spirits aged in once use bourbon barrels, and there's no limit on how many times we can use them. But the limiting factor is the barrel itself. There's only so much a barrel's going to give you. So at the end of the day, you know, there's only going to be you know so many uses until there's just nothing left for it to give. So. For us, we try to use ours twice, get a couple couple of uses out of them. Um, but did you ever get to the point where you've done a batch and the barrel didn't give you anything because it was too old? Or no, because we've only I mean we've only been open four years, uh -huh. so we haven't. I mean, the, most of our uses now have only on our second use. The only the only barrels that we've gotten rid of are the ones that are just leaking so bad that I can't get them to stop. Got it. That's it. So and actually, we're on our second use on a few of them now. So. Uh, after that, we'll probably go to something else. Because the real issue is it, it really becomes a, an economics thing. So our single barrel rum, we aged for two years, a little over two years usually. But that second use, it might actually take three years or maybe even a little bit more to get the same flavor. So for us, now if you try to use it that third time, it's going to take even longer. So it doesn't make much sense for us to keep going three, four, five uses because if it's going to take me 10 years to get the same flavor I can get in two years, then I might as well just get a new barrel. Right. So that's yeah. what we do. And then with these, uh, these kind of one-off barrels, we, uh, we, uh, we, we got a, a cooperage that we work with and a barrel broker out of uh, Louisville, Kentucky, and he was able to source these for us. Uh, they're not cheap, but uh, you probably know wine barrels are, are way more expensive than bourbon barrels. We can get California wine barrels pretty well. California ones aren't yeah. too bad. It's the, it's the European ones that, uh, yeah, that get you. Yeah, we've got some of those that are expensive, so. So what do you guys think of the sherry one? 
it's, it's like a it. lot more mellow. Yeah, crazy, right? And yeah, it's higher crazy. proof. So I have a really. I, I, have thought, used I thought that one was white mellow than this wine one. barrel. A white port wine barrel. Yeah, from Portugal. Yeah, that. That's interesting. Might be a Lindia. Yeah, that's a pretty interesting, actually. I got a bunch of grain, too, so yeah. Yeah, we're going to have to do something there. We're going to yeah. do something with some grain and some barrels. Are we've you... talked about this collaboration for a while. We have been talking about it. And we've it actually talked time. about it even, even right. since More. then. During the break. Oh, yeah. yeah, during the break. During the, during the COVID. During the COVID, yeah. But we're going we're gonna to get out of it. We're going to make it happen. Soon. Yeah, I really it want to help happen. with this. But yeah, so. You want help? Yeah. No, I want to learn. Yeah. I want to come and learn. I got a shovel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gonna be great at gotta start somewhere. Shoveling great. Start somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah. or we just send the recipe and formulate it. Yeah, there you go. Send what ingredients yeah. we have. Modify that. Are you finding? By helping, I meant watch, but that any wine, <laughs> <laughs> any wineries are going to stainless steel now and not going with the barrel, or is that a lot are a lot are yes, yeah. <clears throat> a lot are. But you're you're gonna find that your your higher end and your more traditional wines they're still going to be using barrels and you're going to pay for it and you're yeah absolutely absolutely we, we've noticed it with breweries too breweries like the barrel programs on breweries while breweries you know four five six years ago you know barrel aging was like the thing to do now it's like you know sours and new england ipas yep. and so we're, we're backing off the barrel programs we're doing one or two a year and we have we have a barrel program like played out for the next year but it wasn't like as static to stouts and scotch ales and like you know, brown or dark beers as it was now. You know, now it's like you can barrel age a blonde ale, like make a sour blonde ale. So we're doing mm -hmm. like an apricot and peach sour that we're gonna age in a. So know, sours are really beer. big right now. Sours haven't gotten like really big, but they're they're picking up steam a little bit. Yeah. As long as they're sessionable sours. Yeah. You know, like lip lip puffer, lip you know lip puckering sours are not popular, but. Um, you know, ones that are kind of sessionable, which is why we do a fruit punch sour. Oh, yeah, fruit punch sour. That's what I just had. Yeah, like, I just had was, one of those, oh, too. It was, it was like, delicious. It's a little too easy. It's almost straight high C. It's yeah. like 4.5% alcohol, and it has electrolytes. So it's yeah. like, you know, it quenches your thirst. Yeah, it's like, it's like <laughs> yeah, when you're work, it's what plants crave. Running. Yeah, when you're working out there in the fit, you know, no. mowing your grass. How do you get, do they put wood chips in the stainless steel to get the wood? A lot of times they do now. Yeah. And spires is another thing they put in there, which is these, like, they're coils that are like machined out of like a, you know, dowels of, of wood. Mm -hmm. And then they roast, the, they either toast them or they, they char toast them. They toast them or char them, huh. yeah. So, and they do that because there's more surface area. So they can, they can do things in stainless steel that actually quicken the process to make it easier and more contaminant free. So it and you, makes sense. And you can do that more, in my opinion, you could do that more with wine. Um, with spirits... They're, they've been trying to mimic barrel aging and spirits for. Wonder if you can get like used wine time. spires. Oh, that's a, that'd be interesting, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they've been trying to do it for a long time, and the problem is, it's always missing something. Like barrels are porous, right? So you get a lot of oxidation and um, evaporation of volatile alcohols. There's a lot of stuff that you get just with time that you can't get aging in a stainless tank, and the other, that's the other problem that you have, especially with spirits is you can't put an age statement on it if it's been aged in a stainless tank. It's got to be in a barrel. Otherwise, you can't put an age statement on it. So, in other words, you can't say that this is a... Just because you put a, a rum in a, in a stainless tank with a bunch of wood chips for five years, you can't say that it was aged for five years. It's got to be in a barrel. Otherwise... Hmm. 
So we had a bunch of barrels that were kind of retiring. We we're trying to figure out what to do with them. So we we're going to do, uh, we have a, a red port wine barrel. We we're going to do a black barley wine in. Oh. And then we have a white port wine barrel. And all these are up for grabs. I was about to say, the white port wine barrel sounds interesting. We we're going to do a pale ale with muscadine grapes, grapefruit zest, orange zest, peaches, and pears. That's next year's barrel. Yeah, it's, we're gonna release these next year. If they, cool. if they get done, these are like concepts that we like came up with. Yeah, that might be that might be next year's. Uh... And so, <laughs> then we were gonna do a barley wine in a red wine barrel that had ancho chilies, cinnamon, and vanilla. Oh, wow. Ooh. We we're gonna do a Belgian golden beer, golden strong ale actually, with raspberries and blackberries, <laughs> and age it in the barrel. Just imagine this meeting when they're coming up with this list. It, yeah. it was, it was, it was on a Monday morning, actually. Put this raspberries was, in there. Okay. Yeah. What do, you, what do you want? We're going to do a blonde sour in a white wine, like a Chardonnay barrel, with um, Britannomyces bacteria and peaches and apricots. And that was, that was basically where we got. So we have some barrels that we were going to use, Jeremy, which, you know, we try to like come up with these like grandiose plans. So if one barrel gets snatched away from us for like a session or two. I can make that happen. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a truck out here today, actually. And uh, if it comes back to us, you know, maybe better than it could be. Yeah, a little run player. We, we wouldn't be adverse to the uh, That could be interesting. I, I like I like the idea of the uh, the blonde. Now, I know you've done a lot pork. of barrel projects, but I think I think we could. Uh, we should do a release party for it. That'd be good. Yeah, I think we could do like a. We should. Ormond Holly Hill release party, too. We should. We're we the closest d- neighbors, Jeremy. No, trust me. I get it. We just I mean, got to do you the. Have, uh, you have another brewery that's closer, so. We do, but that doesn't. I mean, that. We do, but that's not a huge deal. My my thing is, for us, it's just the uh, the COVID thing, right? We got to get over the so that we can actually have a release a party, party. A par- an actual party, yes, yeah. with yeah. more than just a few people. Party and not a super spreader event. Super spreader events, yeah. 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 Trying to stay away from those. All right, so the next one I just poured is the port. So this one you can see very different. You actually get a lot of those port notes. Get a lot of the the, the raisin and the plum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it tastes like a port. I mean, when you try it, but it's again, it's 86 proof. So that first one at 80 proof actually tastes a little bit stronger, but these have been in the barrel longer, a little bit smoother. Wow, that's nice. That's really good. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, that one. You got, that you one's got really, some really nice. Fresh barrels. <clears throat> we, we did. So this one, the sherry barrel, I actually got three bottles of sherry out of it when I got it. I I looked inside and I'm like, it's still wet in there. So I dumped it and I got three bottles of sherry out of it. The port barrel was not i didn't get anything out of it but it was you could tell it was like still glistening inside yeah so you know i I did i got some that's i work with a i work with a a broker that uh just specializes in like weird barrels and uh he was able to get these for me that's the one caveat i had like these things got to be fresh like i'm not going to be paying top dollar for something that's not fresh but top dollar is worth it if it is it is exactly and they were and uh i think you don't you don't want to pay bottom dollar for oh my gosh subpar product no exactly you have so much labor already going into it what happens if a barrel sits for too long does it dry out it'll dry out it'll dry out and first thing it'll do is it'll leak like a sieve i mean it just it's the only thing that keeps barrels from leaking is the moisture on the inside. Mm-hmm. So it's the wood swelling against the rings. Um, but the other thing that happens is if you let it sit too long, you lose kind of like, especially with the wine barrel stuff, you kind of lose some of the essence of what was in there. I mean, yeah, it soaks into the wood, but if it's all dried out, you kind of lost a lot of that. Mm-hmm. So it's good to get them as fresh as possible, yeah. which with sherry barrels is very hard. Sherry producers do not give up their barrels. I mean, they usually use them for 70, 80 years. 
and sometimes even longer. They just because they never usually sherry is is aged in a Solera style, and with that they never actually fully empty the barrels. So they always just keep stuff in the barrels constantly. Mm -hmm. Pulling off and then topping off. Pulling it, yeah. They usually pull off no more than a third, and then they top it off with one that's slightly younger. So it's basically set up in like a pyramid. They'll pull from the bottom, and they'll work their way down, filling, refilling from the from the bottom up. Hmm. It's pretty interesting. It's a, it's a cool concept. Um, I've actually wanted to do that with some of our rums for a while. I just don't have the space for it, to be honest with you. But uh, one of these days, I'm going to do a Solera rum. The other thing is it takes a long time to actually start because you have to have a certain amount of barrels that are a certain age to start with and then you got to build on top of that so it, it makes it tough you got you got to have some some time under you and a lot of planning and a lot of planning yeah which yeah, it seems like a process it's a big process but and that's why we haven't done it yet but we've got some we've got some other cool things in the works and well, the sherry wine and the port wine rums are Phenomenal. Yeah, they're really good. Oh, really, yeah. really good. Yeah, I, 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 would, I would, I would, I'd post it up against almost anything I've had in a while. So. Well, I'll tell you honestly, of, of everything that we've released, these two are my favorites. I mean, we did a exciting. lot. Of, yeah, we did a lot of beer barrel finishes, and we've done a lot of other things that have been really good and exciting. Um, I'm, I'm the most proud of these because I really like the way these turned out. So between right the now. sherry and the port, which is your, uh, so I do have a favorite, but I'm going to ask you guys first. Uh, between I the have two, one too. what's your favorite? My favorite is the port. Okay. Yeah, my favorite was the port. That's funny. I was getting ready to say that. I was just getting ready to say that. The last one? What was the last one? The last one was the port. The port, yeah. I actually like the sherry. Really? My sherry? favorite is the sherry, yeah. Is it more bite? Is it not more I, you know, as much? I think, I think it's the, um, some of the port notes. I just, I'm not, I've Are never been needed? a huge port fan. No, I like, actually, I think the port's got more flavor than the sherry one does, which I think is yeah. why I like the sherry better. Yeah. Now I gotta go back to the sherry and see if I can. The sherry's good. I mean, it's, it, and that's what I like them, about it. Yeah. All three of them are made, are great. Do you have a lot in stock? Uh, no, so that's the only problem. Now, okay, so with these, I'm gonna try to, I'm gonna try to keep doing these, but there's always gonna be a, a time in between yeah, yeah. where we're just not gonna have it. So, like the sherry, we got 300 bottles out of the port, we got 282 out of it. So they are gonna be limited. This is the first batch. I mean, this is batch number one on both of these. So if you want batch number one, you got to get them quick because there's only a few hundred bottles of each. Um, and then I've, I've actually already refilled the barrels, but it's going to take another while to get them ready. I'm glad this podcast isn't coming out for a few days because I'm going to go over there. Go you guys got the jump. some port bottles. Yeah, you, guys, you guys got the jump. I have a sherry bottle, but I'm going to grab a couple yeah. port bottles. Real quickly, too, who does your logos? I see you have new logos on the bottles. So, yeah, so we, we kind of did a slight redesign. Um, we did a, on our beer barrel finished rum, we actually had, uh, we used this bottle and we used a very similar label. Right. And uh, we had, my wife did all the original labels for us mm -hmm. and we had a designer take all of our original designs and kind of do something new for us. Everybody really loved that beer barrel bottle and label. Mm -hmm. So we had them basically change the single barrel to it. So all of our rums now are kind of this style. This way. Yeah, except for the silver. The silver is still in the taller, skinnier bottle, mm -hmm. but it's still got the same. It's got the same theme going with the label. I like nice. the label. I like them. Yeah, yeah, I like, really like good. they look. I, I mean, they're I really. Bottles, man. Yeah, they, they're very. Uh, I think they're very rich looking. I think oh, they're. Yeah. The artwork's great. Yeah, I think and, and and honestly, for the price point, I think it. I think it looks. It, it just looks like it's worth it. You know what I mean? And that's and that's half the battle. I mean. 
We're gonna read you our cans at some point, so All right. I'll talk to your wife. Yeah. Yeah. For listeners, uh, what's the price point on these? So the uh, the single barrel is thirty four ninety nine. The port and the sherry are sixty four ninety nine. The biggest thing with those limited but also the barrel cost i mean right. i've got a huge amount of money in barrels for these two yeah, they're and, and they're they're well worth the price too because oh, that, that, that flavor is amazing well and i'll tell you and, and honestly it, it sounds you know some people that aren't you know serious into whiskeys or rums or bourbons or what have you might think that's a little on the expensive side right. but when you actually start looking around yeah you go look at the pappy bottle that's uh, not even that though. I mean, has as much love as the the port wine barrel aged rum. Right. So like, I have a um, I have a bottle. I have a four square, which is four square to me is kind of like the pappy of the rum world. Yeah. yeah. So, like these, you know, at, at sixty four ninety nine, the bottle of four square that I have, I think I paid like eighty something dollars for it. I mean, same thing. I have a uh, a bottle of port finished from a distillery up in Georgia. And I think I paid like 75, 80 bucks for that. So, you know, it, even though it's 65 may sound like it's, you know, kind of on the high side for spirits, when you start getting into these style of spirits, it really isn't that much different. I mean, you can we're- justify it through the barrel. Oh, absolutely. And, and honestly, yeah. I, I can't do, I, I honestly can't do much less because the barrels are so- So if you want to spend 40, we have a, we have a spirit for you. Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, but if you, you want to spend, spend 65, we have, if you want to spend twenty, I got a spirit for you. Our, yeah. our silver rum is fantastic. I, honestly, Absolutely. I would put I would put our silver rum up against any white rum out there because I think it's I really do think it's one of our best spirits. But if you want a rum, you can pour it in an ice yeah. ball. And, it's nineteen ninety nine. Sip. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Then, no, you're right. Then we have a sixty five dollar one for you too. So. That's exactly right. That's and, the and, difference. And we try to do the whole the whole gamut of it because really there is a difference. I mean, we are we are a rum company. Now we happen to make vodka as well, and our vodka is very good. But distilling is only part of it. Aging is another. Aspect. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah, the distillation is obviously the most important part. Just like, you know, just like the brewing part and but, anything else. But aging's an art. In absolutely, itself, so. absolutely, yeah, yeah, definitely. So Justin brought out some of his uh, new beers. Yep, we've been trying. We trying them. So mm-hmm. we have a. Uh, a fruit punch sour. Which yeah, I think is, uh, we've all had that. Yeah, it's delicious. It's really good. It's a little bit too much. A little too easy yeah, to drink, let's be honest. Yeah. I'm loving it. Yes. It, <laughs> it's broad now. It's got electrolytes. Yeah. So, yeah, Morrow's on his fifth one. Yeah. Ele- <laughs> electrolytes. Uh, it's a fruit yeah. punch Berliner Weiss. Um, it's just super easy drinking. It's like 4.5% alcohol. You can uh, drink it all night. So Yeah. You yeah. want to, and Mara has electrolytes. So, which yeah. that's what yeah. I start. That's what I started out with tonight, and now I've moved over to the uh, pumpkin. It's super sweet. I mean, it, you know, as far as beers go, it's kind of a could, it's a designer beer. I could probably do this at Planet Fitness on pizza night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah. Get off the treadmill. That's right. That's right. <laughs> they wouldn't even know. Yeah, put it, put match, in your yeah. Powerade bottle. <laughs> yeah. They wouldn't even know the difference. No, that's true. It's actually got a nice color too. It does have that nice fruit punch type color. Yeah, to it's it. a fruit punch all the way. So. Oh yeah. So, for a little pet project. So. Herbalife, pick yeah. it up. <laughs> if we can get Herbalife to pick it up, call me. I'm, I'm willing to negotiate and change the recipe if I need to. So. Morrow's gonna start wearing one of those buttons. Ask me. Ask me. Ask me how I got this smile. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Ask, ask me how I got this smile. That's awesome. <laughs> I switched over to the pumpkin. The pumpkin's solid. Yeah, it's, it's, our, it's our seasonal. It's uh, 
we only brewed like three barrels of it, so we don't have a lot, but it's our, our seasonal ale. It has, uh, I think we use like 200 mini pumpkins. What? And we probably, yeah, like, really? Like two bushels of mini pumpkins. Holy mackerel. And we cut them in quarters, and we actually like season them with brown sugar and some other spices. Oh, okay. Spice of cloves and ginger and allspice. That's nice. And then we baked them for like four hours. It was a big undertaking. But, um, that's why there's only three barrels of it. <laughs> that's why there's only three barrels of it. Exactly. Yeah. So we released it in the beginning of October. It's going to be gone by the end of October. And uh, if you're so lucky to come here while it's on, then you get it. And if you don't, then it's gone. Next year. Sorry. Yeah. Next year. Yeah. Next if year, you're year lucky. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think we'll see a donut stout this year? You will definitely see a donut stout towards December, January. Oh, yeah. about the donut that's, stout? That's our that's our big one again for this year. Oh, it man, was, it, was it was so good. It was a pet project last year, and it's going to be like a major launch this year. And we're brewing it super high in sugar, so it's going to not be good for your you know body or anything else. But we're going to release it on <laughs> follow it the first it. or second. I think we're going to... We've been debating it. We're thinking the second week of January, because... New Year's resolutions are out the window. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you have to worry about calories or carbs or anything else the second week. You know, you it's lost true. plenty of calories. First week, first week you can't carbs do it. the first week, second yeah. Second week. Yeah, if it was a New Year's release, oh, it would be bad. Do it. But, can't you do know, it. A January 14th release might be a good oh, time yeah. for the uh, donut style. Tomorrow Just, switches yeah. button to ask me yeah. how I got diabetes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we'll go for. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so we're going to do that. And then... Uh, we have gingerbread red ale actually coming out in in like a week and a half. Wow! So oh, that's a nice right, one. Yeah, right that's one of my favorites. It's, yeah, it's a seasonal. Mm-hmm. It's uh, from from the beginning of November all the way through um, December thirty first. Hopefully, it'll be gone before then. But I remember the pictures and the videos of the donut one last year. That was the garnish. Yeah, the garnish. Yeah, was the garnish. garnish. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Krispy Kreme oh, yeah. helped us a lot with that. They're, They're good people. Pitiful. Yeah, Krispy Kreme. So it's a good company. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they they they, actually, they stand behind local things all the time. They really do. Actually, when we were doing the hand sanitizer, the first couple of weeks they came out and brought a bunch of donuts, uh, just just to like help out. Like, hey, yeah. we had a bunch of volunteers and stuff. They're like, here, here's a bunch of donuts for them, and they're that's, that's really cool company, people. Yeah. They really cool are people. good people. And uh, another one of those people that like, as distilleries and breweries are, we don't like giving away product to charity. Right. Money's hard. Yeah, but if you want to give away liquid, liquid's yes. easy. So you know, yeah, I'm, uh, if you're doing a fundraiser and you need a little bit of liquid, then we're we're down to help you. Yeah, I'm you a, a rum, rum rich, cash poor. Yeah, rum rich, cash poor. <laughs> I'm, I'm beer rich, beer cash rich. poor, and it's just like Michael and Mora. You know, Mora's oh, like yeah. rich, and uh, I can give you a whole bunch of haircuts. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's funny because the city will come and they'll need something for. They'll always come to us for like stuff to auction off. And we'll like give them haircuts. They they had this auction for the um, new police officers. They're giving away like in their the new recruits. They were giving them haircuts in their stockings. Oh yeah, yeah. They gave them these stockings, and so we gave them haircuts in it. So we can't give you money, but we'll give you some. No, haircuts. we don't. We don't got money. It's it's you know small business. That's what yeah. you know. It, that's the funny thing. Like that's you, what people don't realize. Yes, that's, that's exactly right. A lot of people, as soon as you open up, you're a small business. You have lots of money. Oh, you're yeah, you're rich. Yeah, right. And but, I remember my and small it, business just got a lot more expensive because I decided to launch a um, men's care product line. Oh, Did you really? Yeah, Morrow actually bought one the other day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, got in my beard now. You got the. I was gonna say you. Be- I was gonna mention yeah, that actually. Yeah. Your beard is kind of <laughs> glistening. Yeah, it has the oil in there. Yeah. yeah. 
I, yours we, is too. We're having we have uh, five different products coming out by uh, Thanksgiving. Yeah, we will. We'll talk about it after we get done with the beer. But okay. that's just kind of like a preview of what's coming out. I, I, I listen. Yeah, I, I did notice. I did yeah. notice it on Morrow. Morrow has got was, that glistening was, beer tonight. I was more attracted to him than usual. <laughs> <laughs> he did get the pheromone scent. <laughs> it's, our, it's our lucky thirteen pheromone scent. And oh, when, Still, when his better half was still in under research life. and development, we're getting the wrong sex. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> when, when his better half was in the barber shop the other day, I let her smell it. I was like, "This is what I sent Mara home with." That's a different button you're going to put on. Yeah. <laughs> so we we have one more beer here that that uh, Justin has brought out. Oh, he pulled this one right out of the he, tank. Oh, he it pulled this out of the tank. So yeah, we got we got to have this in sample cups. This is our our new pet product. Oh, yeah. Dark Star Stout, we call it, which we will be ne- renaming because there's a lot of breweries that have Dark Star as a stout name. And really? Yeah, and also dispensaries have Dark Star because evidently Dark Star is a Grateful Dead name. Oh. Yeah, so Dark Star is taken by like everybody. Everybody, okay. Yeah, everybody. So it's going to be a cease and desist. That's one of those things that I, I've, I always think about you guys when it comes to new products. Yeah. How in the world? I mean, there's so many breweries out there, and they've got so many crazy names. How in the world it. do you name anything? We just go for it. And we just, come up with it on our own, and hope that hope that letter doesn't show up. Hope that nobody up. else actually fucking did it. Yeah. Hope that and letter doesn't show the letters, up. Like, so this is an imper- yeah. imperial. Yeah. It's stout? an imperial stout. This appears about 11 and a half, 12 percent. Oh. It's not carbonated, so we're drinking a non-finished beer. But what to take in mind is the body of the beer. Might be a little bit of yeast character left in it, but it's uh, that's good. The tastes residual like nice, sweetness nice of it, coffee. yeah, yeah, it tastes yeah. like coffee yeah. right it's now. It's coming out of the iced coffee, and it's but it's like twelve percent. I was about to say so. it's pretty. You can tell it's it's oh. stout. Yeah, that's good. So this is our new dark star stout. It took two batches of beer to make one batch of beer. We boiled it for like six hours. So my brewmaster Warren freaking followed it through as my brother-in-law. <laughs> he has no how, choice. How is this different from the dude? I don't drink the dude, so I don't know. But I'm just so the dude's like six percent right? alcohol and he uses lactose sugar. This has no lactose sugar. Yeah, but it's boiled for like six hours. So like, yeah. this is why we basically a... turn the wort, which is the unfermented beer, into syrup before yeah. it actually ferments, and then the yeast that we have actually will not ferment it all the way down to nothing. That's a good one. It'll only ferment it down to like, you know. So when this comes out, it'll be carbonated. Yeah, it'll okay. be carbonated, and it's gonna be, you know, it's gonna be a good even cold more delicious. Weather. But this is, cold yeah, it's gonna be like weather. a, oh yeah, yeah. Sit by the fire and drink mm-hmm. six ounces. Of it. I was gonna say this is like a he good drinks six, six to eight is, ounces. Of I was gonna say eight, this is an eight ounce pour right here. Yeah, yeah you drink an eight ounce pour by the fire, and you're sipping really on warm. <laughs> now, will you have this available in cans? Yeah, it'll go out in cans. We're gonna have this in four packs of twelve ounce cans. Yeah, that is nice. And we already had it actually once this year on the three barrel system. We had like ramped the recipe up, and we're always worried that when we go from three barrels, like a hundred gallon batch, to like a five hundred gallon batch, yeah, there's a change. It'll there. it'll fall off, and it got better. I was so gonna say like we is- doubled it down. We actually like did things to like ensure that it would become thicker and you know meatier, and have more sugar and more residual sweetness, and those things actually. Came oh, it comes through, yeah. yeah. I mean, so, this is uh, this is unfermented. You know, this is not a finished beer. And for as high proof or as high alcohol, for twelve percent alcohol, this it, you beer you can't hardly taste yeah, it. Yeah, it it's not hot. It's very clean. We fermented it at low temperatures. See, that's the thing. A lot of times a when you get time, a, an eleven, twelve percent, yeah. 
you get a really hot kind. You get that alcohol taste. To this it. was a pet project. And this is good. It came out. I'm very happy with it. And that giant tank is filled with this. Yes. That's yeah. what I like to hear. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's. It's at least. It's a little more than half full. Yeah, I'm gonna wow. have to get a couple growlers full of this. Yeah, when it that's comes ridiculous. Yeah. So this is our uh, Dark Star. So we're looking for names because Dark Star is very well used Not brewery, dispensary, yeah. Grateful Dead song name. So we need to come out with a new name. And we we made some labels that said Dark Star, but we're gonna use the rest of the labels we have, retire them before we get a cease and desist. Yeah, you're right. And then come up with a new name for this beer because it's 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 gonna be one of our cores. And so we're looking it's for, our, for our cans yeah. and our bottles that we like release. We're looking to release more premium products because I don't want to compete. And I, I think Jeremy will agree with this. Absolutely. You know, I already know where you're going. I don't want to compete with Captain Morgan. Nope. I don't want to compete with these other freaking like low-grade breweries. I'd rather do all barrel-age, port-age, high-end products that are craft, like hand-manufactured products that sell for $10 a four-pack for our beer. Right. And $65 a bottle for his bottles, then sell for $8 a six pack or well, you can't compete. $30, yeah, because you can't compete with Bud, with Budweiser. You can't if no. you want if you want to buy neutral spirits that have some freaking you know barrel aged flavors to them, right. then go buy the freaking go buy your freaking ABC grain alcohol right. and be done with it. And that's the thing, like if you're, you're buying alcohol to get drunk, then go buy their alcohol. Right. If you want my spirits or my beer that I make handcrafted and my signature's on, then pay a little bit more and or don't buy it. And so I'm you, not going to be insulted. You know, if you want to get drunk drinking seltzer, oh, do it. Go get drunk drinking seltzer. Well, right. and, and that's Fun. the thing. Like, and when you look at the actual the numbers out there, the only segments I know in the spirits world, I haven't really checked in the, I, I would assume it's probably the same in the beer world as well, but the only segments that are growing in the spirit world are the premium, ultra premium spirits. Your budget brands and your that stuff that is not. Nothing competing over that anywhere. mediocre market. You can't. And so we're gonna release four packs and twelve ounce cans. That's a great idea. And it's gonna be more expensive, and a lot of people are gonna go. Well, I can buy six of fucking New Belgiums. Yeah, you can. Of, of six of freaking New Belgiums. Yeah. Well, that's it's no, but you're right. I mean, that's you, yeah. You, I don't want to compete for that low end market. You can't, and, and you can't anyway. And let them have it. Yeah. It's it's already locked up. You've got you've got giant brands that are that are out there doing. You want my products to be a month old? You can come to the brewery and buy it, and I'll get 100 percent of the profits. Right. That's same exactly with the distillery right. too. Yep. Absolutely. So I, how much how much of the uh, that's another question? How much of the port and sherry are you releasing to distribution? Um, almost zero, almost zero. So perfect. I, I'm gonna leave. I'm doing. I think we said uh, three cases. I think we're gonna have three cases of each. Uh, so twelve bottle cases, let's say. So there's actually, it's actually six. So there's six bottle cases. Thirty six bottles of each. Yeah, thirty six bottles of each are what's going to go on the website. Have fun. That's fight it. Over it. Yeah, and that's and honestly, because at the end of the day, come buy the story. The rest of it, we're going to sell all of it. We don't care exactly if you right. buy it or not. We're going to sell out of it one way or another. Oh yeah. And for us, I'd rather Justin's get the going full margin. Buy, buy two bottles and before the podcast comes out. Yeah. And and, <laughs> and my wife's going to buy two bottles, and my friend that doesn't drink rum is going to buy two bottles, and my other friend that doesn't. Well, no, you can buy six now. 
You're up to six oh, now. Changed you always change yeah. now. Six, so you're good. So me and my wife are down for a case. Oh, yeah. oh, Have you ever Jesus. thought about doing? You never let me know this. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> all right, all right. Like a Christmas pack with two of your glasses and this. So you have some nice glasses over there. We do. We have those really nice Glencairns that we just got in with our logos and everything on them. We haven't. So I haven't done like a box or anything for them, but we do have. My mom makes up these these gift baskets, and that's what she does. She'll put like a bottle of this with a couple of the nice glasses and some coasters and stuff in there. So we do that. Um, we don't have any like specialty boxes or gift packs or anything like that, because honestly, that's just another. It's another cost. Yeah, understandably. You know how it is. So, I have something to bring up with that. Is that we did a Chris Kringle market. We did a Christmas market every year that was very well received. We did local artists, yeah, local craftsmen, you know, local companies that were small business companies, and we actually hosted them in the Bring brewery the here. Shop. And we did a uh, Chris Kringle market. Are you doing that well. again this year? That's a so, great idea. Via COVID, we're not doing it this year. Oh man, we're scared of it, but we're going to do a virtual one. Cool. And so we're going to link to everybody's uh, website. So we're going to have available on our website a link. Mm-hmm. To our PayPal account, which you can buy either a mug club membership, you can buy case or cases of beer, you can buy souvenirs, and we've always been very amicable to, to veterans fundraisers. Oh yeah. So we're actually doing a program this year for adopt a vet. It's going to be you can uh. adopt a veteran. It's going to be a veteran at the Emory L Bennett Nursing Center. It's going to be twenty dollars. You get a dog tag that says that you know veterans branch of service as well as their name and it's going to go to buying them socks you know compression socks razor blades shaving cream toothbrushes toothpaste stuff that the VA doesn't actually give them that they actually need they don't get often enough and right now the hard part about this year is we're not actually allowed to actually go there and do the wish list so every year previous to this year we've actually gone and done a wish list in person we've had five or six people with the brewery actually go and do this wish list for the veterans support fund this year we can't do that so we're relying upon the nurses the nurses are going to do it for us we're going to do adopt a veteran twenty dollars you adopt a vet and you get an ornament on our christmas tree that's in Norman brewing company and uh and, and the twenty dollars goes completely to the vet that you actually adopt that's awesome that's i cool. love that yeah that's, that's a great idea I and love so that. we're going to do that as well as have a virtual christmas market we're going to launch our mug club membership and you know, if you're doing some bottle sales and some special releases, yeah, we'll put them on there, and they can buy them, and either show up to the brewery, uh, to the distillery for a curbside pickup, yeah, get them shipped, whatever you want to do. So that's cool. Yeah, we'll really include you in that Chris Kringle market that we're actually doing. Yeah, absolutely, it's, it's a hard year to actually do anything in person. Again, that's one of the things we talked about because we've always done it at the yeah. Christmas market. We don't want to have that many people together. Yeah, you got to be safe, too. So yeah. we have it on our website. They can purchase our mug club memberships. We can purchase, you know, yeah. the things they want to actually you know, buy for, you know, friends and family for Christmas presents, and, and uh, hopefully it'll translate Christmas well. is after the election, though, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, so, so COVID might be, be over with. The body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'll be gone. <laughs> I'm sorry. It'll, I it'll, it'll be gone by the 4th. No, I'm yeah. here. <laughs> I had to throw I, that out. We only we have, have five, five more days. Fourth, five more days. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody gets sick after that. No, I'm sorry. I did, I, I, I've heard that so many times. I had to throw that out there. So yeah, yeah. Awesome. I was I was going to ask you about the Chris Kringle market because now that we're doing the men's line of the uh, men's care ah, products, we can launch those on yeah. the website as well. We'd be yeah. happy to do so. We're looking for things to put on there. There's just going to be like a, a hot list of yeah. links to. That's awesome. And and a lot of it's going to be through Etsy. 
you know, yeah, like that's where our so like, and all that. Yeah. yeah, that's where our store is. You buy this and like send it to there, and so besides I mean, the barbershop, yeah, yeah, well, perfect. So it's gonna, uh, it's just kind of connecting people and saying, hey, here's what would have been in our Christmas market, and like browse yeah. through it, you know, even though this year is not gonna happen. Right. Hopefully, 2021, it will be gone. Yeah, right. vaccines no, no and something, yeah. everything else. But you know, if it's not, then maybe we'll do virtual next year too. But you know, this year's gonna yeah. be virtual. Gosh, so. I hope I hope by that point we're. Yeah. And we we've you know as Ormond Brewing Company, we've made our our living through events and through hosting a lot Absolutely. of people, Absolutely. through pouring lots of pints of beer, and this year has been a really poor year for that. Mm. But we're still here. We're not going anywhere. And, uh, you know, no matter how long it continues, we're going to... So, actually, on that note, have you heard from, like, the Brewers Guild? Like, is there any... What kind of fallout are you guys seeing in the brewing industry in Florida right now? A lot. Do you know? Like, is Yeah, there it, it's pretty It's pretty grim. I figured um, it might be. The Brewing, the brewing Association, we, we didn't join for the last two years. We had some some differences. I, I personally had some differences with I them understand. as far as how they represented us. Because certain areas are getting represented better than other areas, and being yeah. in Daytona Beach where there's no breweries, we really didn't get represented that well. Right. Because they were actually like litigate, you know, not litigate, but um, representing to like cities and you know counties and municipalities, and and so we chose to not rejoin for the last two years. And they offered us a free membership this year, and I, I obliged, and I said I'd be more than happy to join again. But just we didn't see any benefit to us paying guys $500 a year right. not getting any, rep- any representation at all right on the east coast over here which is how, how many distilleries are you are you involved with oh god like so we actually just started our crap Florida Craft Distillers Association yeah I'm actually on the executive board for it and I think there's about 45 members right now but that's a that's a preliminary membership like everybody put in there that's everybody that's everybody. So that's the problem is once we actually have the real dues and everything involved, I have a feeling we're going to drop off to probably half of that. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, and so you make the dues cheap and you make participation high. So you that's do what we try to do. That. Yeah. But, you but know, the problem is that only 45 at four, there's only 45 total in the state. So you can't make them too cheap because you can't get anything done that way either. Right. So, and the brewing association was pretty Tampa heavy. Yes. I could see that. Yeah. I was going to say it. Which, probably which very is good. Heavy. So, you know, it's good for them, but bad for me. So I didn't rejoin for the last two years. But nonetheless, you know, they lobbied for breweries, and the, you know, yeah. it's, it's good. But um, but we didn't we didn't rejoin for the last two years, and we're not a member. But um, you know, as far as what's going to happen with the industry going forward, because you guys had close to what four hundred, over four hundred breweries in Florida, something like we that. We did, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we'll probably lose twenty five to thirty percent of those. Wow. And I think the... That's a big number. I think the 60-70% that are going to remain are going to languish. Yeah. And But but we have not grown with investment. We've not grown with any, you know, cash infusions of anybody. We've grown, you know, yeah. linearly. You know, we haven't had any... You know, we're in the black still. So if we slow down, we just slow down. We speed up, we speed up. You know, it's yeah. it's not a bad situation for us. We're in the same boat. We didn't no cash infusion. And we could have gotten bigger. And we could have had a big name. Maybe we could have made a bunch of money. And maybe we could have struck it rich. Yeah, but, but but then maybe COVID could have happened. Maybe COVID could have happened when we were halfway through doing that. Right. We would have like landed on our ass. You know, right now we're where we can slow down and just press pause and slow down and yeah. 
when things get better, we're going to get better. When things get worse again, they get worse again. And it's, you know, it's a really good position to be in. Yeah. No, I'm up with you on that. So, yeah. I think Jeremy and I are in the same boat in that. We are, yeah. That situation, you know, yeah, he, we, he bought his building. You know, we don't have any landlords that we answer to. Nope. You know, it's it's not a matter of... It's family investment for us. I mean, that's all it is. I mean, that's it's... That's how it is for us, too. So, it's, you know... And I've decided to start on the ground level. It's great. Yeah, start on the ground no, level. We didn't, yeah. we didn't it's, get it's, too big too quick, and yeah. we can stay where we are for a long time and, and still be happy and do the same as we were before, and if the laws change to get better for us... Oh, gosh. If they, if they try to, like, make the manufacturers have more money and the distributors have less money... Yeah. It'll be great. That would be nice. You know, distributors, you know, as far as Jeremy's product, him, I probably go. I think distributors make more than we do on our own product. Absolutely, yeah. So in honor of this uh, podcast and you guys, a lot of our beard oil scents and men's care product scents have all been whiskey, rum, and beer, beer scented, Perfect. which is really That's funny. Like to hear. So, uh, so, as it should be. If you're yeah. going to put that in your beard, yeah. you might as well smell good all day. Well, there's one that it really is a maple whiskey. Oh. And you want to eat it. Did you smell that one? I did. And it, yeah, no, they're it, all good. It's all really the hot. Are good. Yeah, they're really good scents. Um, we started making them. It was really funny because my mother-in-law retired back in August. And she decided that instead of um, just retiring and doing nothing, she decided to start a soap line. And she called it Grammy and Pap's Little Soap Shack. And so she makes soaps. That's cool. Well, then one of the people that was buying soaps off of her was like, hey, do you make men's care products like beard oils and beard bombs and stuff like that? And she said, no, I've never thought about that. Well, my grand, my uh, uh, father-in-law, Pap, who and my kids call him Pap, he has a beard like down to his belt buckle. Yeah. But he's never wore beard bombs or beard oils or anything like that. So she calls me up and said, hey, have you ever messed around with beard oils or beard bombs? And I was like, yeah, I mean, I wear them, and we, we have a company that we carry here at the shop. And I'm not going to promote them because I have my own line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh, she goes, well, what do you think about me starting? You know, me and, you know, we'll sit down. We'll go over these scents. Because she, did, she had decided, her and my wife had decided that uh, she was going to become our nanny. And so, yeah. I'm not going to go into that. No, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's great. <laughs> but, uh, but having her at the house is pretty cool because I've never, I've always been interested in kind of making stuff like that. Yeah. And, um, but I never really had, like. She, she, like, is completely about research and all this stuff. Uh, she worked at a steel mill, and she did engineering for a steel mill. And uh, so she has, like, all this, like, background in, like, chemistry, stuff like that. Yeah. And so, like, I, I just like smelling it. Like, she won't let me touch, like, putting <laughs> drops and stuff. She tried to help let me help one day, and, like... That didn't go very well. No, because I, I, like, my ADHD kicks in, and I'm like, oh, squirrel, and then I forget how many drops <laughs> of each scent I put in when we're so supposed you, to put an exact wanted, number. Yeah, you wanted to help with, like, the beer and yeah. the rum and stuff. That's probably not a good idea. Though. Right, yeah, so, because <laughs> yeah, you have to go, like, precise, yeah. precisely on the recipe. Like, yes. each beard oil scent and beard balm scent have a recipe. Now, I'm really weird. Like, I like all my stuff to smell the same. So, But right now, the issue is, is that, say you have a, a clay, a hair clay that you put in your hair, and then you have your cologne, you have your beard oil, and you have your beard balm. All four, all four of those have a different scent. Well, that irritates the crap out of me. I don't I know why it that. irritates me, but I don't like having five different scents on my body. When Sounds I wake like up to me, morning, you got too many products. Well, no. Right, so, <laughs> so right now, I had this idea. Each beard balm has a beard oil. So each beard oil has a beard balm that goes with it, a hair clay that goes with it, and a... Um, a body bar of soap, a men's body bar of soap. It's a, it's a nice uh, lathering soap for your, bo- for your body. And then a cologne. So you have all five products 
that mm. all smell the same. So when I wake up in the morning, I can grab all five of those products and everything smells the same well, on me. If you me. forget one, it doesn't matter. You got right. the other four. Right. So then you don't smell, you know, then you smell like one thing all day. You don't have five different scents on you. How are you going to keep the ladies off? That's true. All day. That's not a problem. <laughs> that, that, for me. Have you looked at me? I smell like rum every day anyway. Right. I don't yeah. know. So, so Mara worries about it. <laughs> That's what Mara worries about. He's got, he's got that sheen, that sheen in the beard. Yeah, so we decided that we got, so each one of them have, you know, each scent, each beard oil has the beard balm, the uh, hair clay, body bar soap, and the uh, cologne. All right, so this is going to sound really stupid to We're up to 12 cents right now. What the heck is hair clay? Hair clay is like, yeah, I can see where you can have it. I don't have any hair. I have no hair. You can't see Jeremy, but it is Mr. Clean over there. But I've not, I've never, I don't even know what hair clay is. Like what I got in my hair right now is hair clay. Okay. Now, here's where my mother-in-law comes in. I just grabbed clay, and as a barber, like in barber school, we learned what these different products yeah. did for our hair. But I, I didn't remember that. So I was like, she asked me, she goes, what do you use in your hair? And I was like, I use hair clay. Well, she's one of those people, she has to know, like, every bit why, why, why you use clay and what benefit it has towards your hair, which has really worked with my wife, too, because in the chiropractic field, you know, okay. they, they like oh, aesthetic medicines like this. So, like, so, so come to find out, hair clay actually promotes hair growth. It actually adds nutrients. What the? Uh, where the hell was this shit when I was, so, when, yeah. when I was 18 years old? Where yeah, the hell yeah. is this stuff? Hair, I was dude. wearing freaking, like, mousse yeah. and hair gel yeah. and shit. Which, which mousse and hair gel is really bad for your hair, hair because it uh, has high alcohols in it, which actually causes uh, your hair see, to... See, that's probably my problem. That's probably my Which causes your hair to fall. You go for high alcohols. I do go for the high alcohols. the hair clay has minerals in it that are actually nutrients to your hair. So she actually researched, my mother-in-law researched all of this on exactly what clay to use to, to make the product. And um, so that's how we came up with like these high quality handmade hair clays, beard balms What's and things like that. Name? It's Paps, um, so uh, the beard oil is Paps beard oil and then it's uh, Rev's beard balm. And then the other ones are just Paps uh, beard, um, Paps Body Bar and stuff like that. So it was Grammy and Paps Little Soap Shack. That's cool. So And you sell it at the shop. Yeah, we sell it at the shop right. and then we have the Itsy store as well. What does so. the, uh, how does the clay come? Does yeah, it come what in is like it? a, a tube? It comes it in comes a tin. In a, uh, huh. The only reason I have a tin. This just happened to have some in just my backpack. No, this is just around. one that I had at the barber shop. This looks like shoe polish. It does look like a shoe polish tin. And then it'll look like this. This isn't our brand, but I just happen to have this for the weekend because she's still making ours. We're waiting on our tins to come in, but that, that's what hair clay will feel like. This is made with a hemp seed oil. Uh, hmm. And then you, so does I've it never keep, used hair clay. So does it, well. Well, I, I, I use got seed seeds glue. a long time. Yeah? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So is it, I mean, is it, does it kind of keep your hair in place? Is that yeah. what this stuff does? Okay. Yeah, like, but you can, it's pliable. Yeah, it's pliable. Justin. <laughs> Damn, dude. Yeah, look at that. I mean, when's the last time you actually put product in your hair, Justin? Just now. Just, Just now. <laughs> but yeah. So, Beth, Beth won't know how, what happened. That's right. Yeah. How you, like how you Who are you <laughs> What in the world? But, All right, Lucy. <laughs> It's really funny because a lot of people are like, oh, because we put our we put the uh, beard oils out there and we put them out at twelve dollars a bottle, which then I got a lot of flack from some of the other 
guys out there who are like, oh, you're putting them out online, you know, you're undercutting us by like four bucks, which the reason why we put them out at $12 is because the brand that Dukes was carrying in the barbershop was at $12, and so I couldn't put them over right. the price that Dukes was already selling for in the barbershop, because if I'm going to carry my line in the barbershop, you got to be comfortable. Yeah, i got to be comfortable yeah. with what he's selling his for in the barbershop as well. And then when I put them online, I heard a lot of crap from guys back home who sell them online as well that I'm friends with because I was starting to promote them on Facebook. Yeah. Well, I also have a lot of friends on Facebook that are back home, so I was competing against a couple guys from back home as same far product? as online sales. Similar products, uh, but okay. mine are different scents. Oh, gotcha. Same uh, beard oils. Yeah. yeah but so I'm selling them at ten. I'm selling mine at twelve dollars, and they're selling theirs at like sixteen, and which. Well, down here in Florida, they're going for twelve bucks. Lower it's, the price. That's, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I can't control. I can't. Yeah. Help the fact that if I'm selling them in the in the barbershop for twelve dollars, I'm not going to sell them online no, for sixteen. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. You got a market. Yeah. And market. I'm and we're we're making money at twelve dollars at twelve dollars a bottle. So there's right. no reason why to to put them up. Just because Pappy Van Winkle's selling twelve year old drum, you know, twelve year old, you can't sell eight hundred dollar bottle. No, yeah. you'd love to. I'd love to. Yeah. But you know, it's funny though. I actually, I. I hate to even tell this, but I had a, uh, I've had two, might have been three different distillers now, because we get, and I'm, you probably did the same thing. You probably get brewers that come yeah. in from all over the country, yeah. right? They just happen to be down for vacation or whatever. They stop in to check it out. They, they want to talk to you. Yeah, they want to talk to you. So I've, I've had at it least the barbershop. A lot I'm too. sure it does. You yeah, had three oh, talk yeah. shops. Yeah. So I had probably at least two to three other distillers come through and tell me that I need to have at least one product that's over $200. And I'm like, but I... I I'm in a Holly Hill. Yeah, well, that's first of all, yeah. But on top of that, I have a hard time, like for me, I have a hard time justifying that. Like, I guess I'm more... What did I do to make it $200? Right. So I look at, I look at products that are $200, and I'm like, okay, what in the world did you do to that product to make it $200? And usually it's nothing. And I have a hard time as a consumer... Selling voodoo. Yes, yeah, so that's exactly right. And that's what it is it's most hard, of the time. It's hard to sell voodoo. Now, trust me, if I have something that I feel like yeah. $200 is worth every penny, it will be that price. But I just... But that's the barrel that you paid like $2,000 for. Right. And that's and my so problem. Then, then you have the dog and pony show. Right. But if you didn't if you didn't pay that for the you know barrel... And I do. I look at some of these other distillers and I look at their you prices. You might say one of, your, one of your bottles is worth more than another bottle. Yeah. Even though you're charging the same amount. But like, yeah. it's still, hey, this is what it cost me to make it. Here's what I have to charge for it. Well, and I've know, had people, I've had some of these, a couple profit. of the guys told me, like, look, it doesn't matter what it is. Just put it in there. Put a, put a fancy bottle, fancy label on it, and call it whatever. And I'm like, I just can't do that. I'm just, I'm not that guy. Yeah, I'm not that guy. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go buy a couple of bottles of your cherry and your porter at $65 and feel feel fortunate to have bought well, it at that price. And I think, yeah. honestly, I because think it's worth ten, every penny. 10 years from now, I might not be able to buy it for that. True, true. And honestly, because honestly, because I feel like it's worth the pity. And your, the quality of the barrel that you're buying and the quality of the product you're putting out is it's different. It's it's a $90 product. Yeah, yeah and that's the for way $65. I look. And I mean, that's the way I look. You're giving me a $90 product. I'm getting a hell of a value. Well, when I look if at... If I buy it for $65, i am getting a... I'm getting, like, yeah, and like I said, I've, I've got other rums out there that I've bought that are sherry and port finished that are well above this, 80 bucks minimum. And I'm like, you know what, for 65 That's a deal. It's it's same, a, to me, it feels like it's a deal. It's the same thing that we, we actually had a conversation with it this Monday with our barrel-aged imperial stouts. Our area just doesn't get the money that yeah. other areas do. 
because we don't have the hype, we don't have the college kids, we don't have the millennials, we don't have the, uh, you know, yeah, we don't have the industry. I mean, you, your haircuts that you give, we you might give a twenty dollar haircut. If you were in the right spot in Orlando, it might be a fifty dollar haircut. Yeah, right. And, and right now we can only charge fourteen. And we have old guys that if we raise that price, if we raised it from fourteen dollars up to the twenty dollars, we have old guys that would quit coming to us. And, and that same haircut in Orlando is going to go for fifty dollars. Yep. Right. And nobody's going to bat an eye. Nope. That's right. And so, it's all about where you're at. And, it is. Yeah. And welcome to Daytona Beach, Volusia County. Yep. Yeah. So, on the other end, I do see maybe not one bottle being two hundred dollars, but if you did the glasses and maybe a nice wood box to go with them because sometimes if you go in to buy a christmas gift for somebody oh you go sure. in you feel twenty dollars all right i didn't spend enough on that person i gotta find another gift or 65 but so, at two hundred dollars or 199 nice box and we don't glasses, we don't want to give away bottle. the podcast but like yeah you're, but, you're like but you, you throw up two 65 dollar bottles and four two dollar glasses well, yeah. and all of a sudden you got a two hundred dollar package. It's a yeah. nice, it's a nice presentation. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and as a consumer, box. yeah, the, the presentation, which is why we're doing this Christmas bargain, and we're going to do that with our beers and yeah. our book club memberships and everything else. This this Christmas for us is online appeal. It has to be, and it, it's the change in the world, change in perception, and for us to fill our book club memberships, we're going to have to make it available to people online easily. There's going to, have to be benefits online, which one of the benefits that we're doing online this year is we're going to give buy three get one free on four packs or six packs. So oh. if you buy if you buy three six packs, you get the case for free. You know, nice. And so that's for mug club. For mug club, it's that's the benefit, which is a takeout. You don't have to be drinking here. You can come in with your mask and buy this Grab and leave. And go. You know, but it's going to be you know if you buy a fifty or sixty dollar mug club membership, fifty dollar renewal. $60 mug club, you know, the sixth case you buy over the course of a year, you just pay through your mug club membership. What is mug club? So they know. So our mug club membership is traditionally we have given a 25 ounce mug to everybody that joins the mug clubs. And when they come into the brewery, instead of getting a 60 ounce, you know, pint, they get a 25 ounce mug of the same beer at no additional charge. They get nine ounces for free. And uh, that's kind of what we base it upon. But this year we're adding in the bonus, the to-go stuff. You know, to-go stuff. And we're also making it last. Instead of from November to November, we're going to like renew in December. We're going to start in December and let it renew to next uh, January first. So oh, nice. But you know, that, that's the big deal. It's just people's perception has changed, and they don't want to go out. They don't want to socialize as much, and understandably, they don't want to get sick. So, so oh, I uh, get it. Yeah. As a consequence of that, we're 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 doing our monthly membership, and everybody has to pivot a little bit and just kind of like work it in a different angle. I mean, yeah, what you were doing before is not going to work no, easily now. Absolutely not. And nobody wants to get sick, and it's reality that that you have to potentially get sick. I've known a lot of people that have gotten sick so in the last month and a half to two months. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, and, and, and if you're spiking, and, and if you're you socialize a lot, yeah, and if you're too rigid not to to change a little bit, then yeah. you'll be one of those 25, 30% that's going to go out of business and yeah. you can't. And if, it, you know, if you're one of the people that doesn't socialize at all, then you probably aren't going to get it. But if you socialize a little bit, your chances of getting are pretty low. Typically yeah. you wear masks when you need to wear masks and just, it's, it's a hard thing to 
to navigate. And I think our government's a poor job as far as instructing us what we should do or should not do as far as... Yeah, it seems like they keep wanting to pass the buck. They well, want to pass yeah. the buck to the states. They want to pass the buck to the businesses. They want to pass the buck to the well, city. And, and federal government. They want to point the And they can't figure else. it out. That's the other thing. The, the nobody problem, wants to be the bad guy. And the so. problem is they can't figure it out. It's, you know, one time it's nobody should wear a mask. It's dumb if you wear a mask. Then everybody needs to wear a mask. And then now it's only certain masks. And it, it's, it'd be one thing if they came out definitively at the beginning and said, here's what you need to do. But they never did that. And it's been, not only did they not do that, it was back and forth back it became and forth. political it became yeah. very political and that's a problem it's yeah, a territory we haven't been in yeah so we didn't, absolutely we didn't, know. we didn't know well it's kind of funny because they our government is so bad about not wanting to look back at history we've mm-hmm. been here before we've been here in 1919 why can't we look back and see how they did it back then what was different oh we we've we've um, we've moved on from there well you can still look back and see what they did yeah, you can still look back and see how they handled situ- the situation because they were wearing masks. They were doing different well, things. Well, it was completely different though, too, in the fact that you didn't have the travel, the ease As, of travel. Yeah, like ease of travel is a lot more. I mean, now, like but. not only ease of travel, like you could have had a pandemic just in the United States back then and contained it. It would never go. It never yes. gone anywhere. Right. Whereas today, I mean. You have something in China, and it's yeah. here in 24 hours. And oh yeah, it was here quick. Yeah, and, and that's on a cruise ship. That guy fucking came from a plane. Yeah, from Korea to fucking yeah. Washington on a cruise ship within one day. Three thousand yeah. people. So how do you shut that down? Yeah, yeah it's, it's it's almost yeah. impossible. And oh, it's yeah. a global economy. That's yeah, true, and it, so it makes it tough. And I and I understand that we we as much as we have been here before, we haven't been here in the same way. In this, yeah, and that's because where it we makes have it tough. We have grown since then, and and the air travel and oh, the, yeah. the things that it's you can do easy. nowadays is way too easy to move around. I'll, I'll agree with that. Yeah. So tomorrow, how is Santos cycle? Speaking of moving around, yeah, moving around. What is your? Uh, We're still doing uh, by appointment only in the showroom. Um, I'm gonna probably do that till the beginning of next year. It's uh, allowed us. Most of our customers and clients come through internet anyways so it's allowed us to focus more on the client spend more time um and then we, we kind of mitigate the entire showroom kickers. traffic yeah. anyway do you no i don't get a lot of showroom i mean we're, we're more higher end um, you get a lot of tire kickers. yeah we get a lot of tire kickers because we have a lot of cool stuff to look at heck yeah you do all the time but yeah. you don't want those no one wants tire kickers i mean i like to socialize and I like to be part of the community and people to come in um, and check in but you know there's a time and I think all business owners know a lot of time is spent talking yes some days you you'll get in there and you'll have a customer come in and it'll be four o'clock and you have done nothing yeah except talk talk yeah and I've been uh, trying to sell Jerry if I for like two years I have that's true yeah. And then, he, and then he's even brought him to my shop, and then I, he realized real quick, yeah, like, dude, yeah. this guy didn't even know how to ride. Like, what, is, what am I doing here? I bring bikes to Jeremy now. See if it's true because he knows I'm not gonna. Yeah. Because I'm not. I'm the, I'm the tire kicker. That's the problem. I mean, I even had Jeremy and his wife in a bike. I thought for sure it was sold. No. 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 Nope. Next one. Honestly, that one. That was pretty good. That's a good. You still have that one. I still have that one. Which one was that? That's the Ural. Oh, I the Ural. I still have it because I was hesitant on selling it. 
had a I just kinda, I just, a, like a copper burnt orange. Yeah. Oh, copper just, bottom. You put the logos on it. It's, I already told. It's, oh, oh man. trust me. It's, I was thinking about buying that one. It's I beautiful. think we are, and I wasn't thinking about selling it. I was kind of. But then I get to, to the point. Bottom, it's so a it's a beautiful bike. I get to the point where I mean, if I kept everything, that's a problem. That's yeah. a problem, right? That's what I. And think. that's the kind of business I'm in where. You want everything? You want everything. Yeah. You turn it to a water. Everything you have is cool, right? Yeah. So you want to keep everything. But Jeremy needs this one. You want to keep the lights on too, so you got to sell it. That's and there's it. always something else cool that comes along. And so. you put a logo on That's it, it's, it's tax write-off. It starts getting old. It does. That's the expiration date. I just make another run yeah. and I'm, yeah. I'm on to the next one. So it's it's hard in the right it's now. It'd be the, worth better. It'd be worth more than four <laughs> years. That's I'm true. Just, I'm not going to sell it this year. You're, I wouldn't hate me. <laughs> That's true. Your your beer would not be good in four years. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the motorcycle and even the car industry, it's really hard right now getting inventory. So stuff's still selling. Um, I predicted when COVID came in, I thought sales would be good, and they were. A lot of people were home on the computer, shopping. Uh, sales have been good throughout this whole thing. We've gone. We've had waves. Obviously, we had weeks that were really slow and weeks that were really busy. But our biggest challenge is getting more inventory. Hmm. Uh, a lot of our inventory comes from vehicle trade-ins. So at the car dealership, someone will trade in a motorcycle. We've seen a decline in those. Uh, decline at the auctions. The auctions were closed down. Uh, so inventory is hard to get right now. Hmm. And uh, so we're just we're just trying to get through that. And, Try to stock up. Biketoberfest was a little slower this year. I was gonna say, oh, did rough. you guys see any any benefit from Biketoberfest this year? No, no. I I, <coughs> I lost I, money on Biketoberfest. Did you really? Yeah, I made eighty dollars more the week before. But and, and in the, in your all's industry, eighty dollars one way or another probably isn't that lot. But eighty dollars in the barber industry is a lot of money one way or the other. And I made eighty dollars the week before Biketoberfest when I, and I had a hundred thousand people out in front of the barber shop. Right. The week of Biketoberfest. Here's one thing I have noticed, and, and we were See, talking about this the other been day. More visible this year. This year because year. we didn't have the tents around, right. and we did too. We were expecting a yeah. very um, high volume Biketoberfest just due to the fact we didn't. Visible. We weren't. We were visible, and we didn't have the tents up around us. There's been a huge shift in the last two years with the bikers coming into the barbershop. Hmm. Two years ago, I've been down here four years now, and the first two years I was down here, Biketoberfest, Bike Week. Bikers were coming in the barber shop, and and I don't know if it's the move to the new location. I don't know if it's because at the old shop we were right on the sidewalk. Um, I know the last two bike bike week and bike Toyota we were covered up with tents. Now yeah. that that had a lot to do with it, but this year we weren't covered up with the tents. You could see us perfectly fine, oh, yeah. but we still didn't have any very many people coming into the barber shop. Hmm. Now one thing that has been happening, you know, we, we've had a lot of things happen at the barber shop lately. It's been really tough. Um, it's been down to me and Dukes and. Usually we have Ken there, and, and we didn't stay as late. Now, years past when we do stay late, uh, we see a lot of our influx after dinner. You'll see a lot of people come in between between 8 and 11. The only problem with that is is these people are smashed. Right, right, right. And so, which is fun. It makes some great stories yeah, and, a, yeah. and a whole lot of nonsense going on that, that should, probably shouldn't be going on in the barbershop. But at the same time, it, it's, it shouldn't have fallen off as much yeah. as it has fallen off in the past couple of years. I, I think it's just the decline. I found though this Biketoberfest. I found though this Biketoberfest. A lot of the people that uh, come every year, 
for the last, I mean, I've been in business at Santos Cycles for about four and a half years now. They didn't show up. I mean, yeah. they didn't come. They were either, you know, I had some that were so busy this year because they were in industries mm-hmm. that were extremely busy. Um, but we didn't have the normal people that come down every year here this year. For bike yeah, it was Fest. really that might we, have affected you. Yeah, and it was really weird because it was a different crowd. I'll agree with that. It was a different crowd. It was more of a local crowd. Uh, there wasn't a lot of people. It, Piketoberfest is is a local crowd, anyways. But when I say local, I mean in Georgia, southeast. yeah, southeast yeah. region. We're talking about from South Carolina, Louisiana, right. Georgia, and, and you didn't see that. These were mainly people from the center of the state, around just localized Central Florida people from Northern Florida, you know, just around yeah. in Florida. There wasn't a lot of out of staters. We seem to, because we get the same like Piketoberfest repeat comfort customers every year. It seemed like this year we were. About the same, like seem maybe, and it's just who mm-hmm. who you're who the people are, right? right? I mean, if they're if people are coming to me, they may not be coming to you. Right. So, but yeah, it seemed like we were kind of the same, but you could tell it was way way down than normal. I mean, it wasn't as far as you know, no. just the traffic around town. It wasn't near as big as you. No, it wasn't we were the same way too. I've I've been in business seven years, and uh, the first two or three years were hard, but after that we started seeing like like. Uh, craft beer exploratory bikers yeah repeat yeah. guys yeah yeah guys that came through every year we've had people that came through this year that said they've been here every year and, and uh it wasn't it wasn't up or down bike week's always been pretty flat for us yeah we never see anything from bike yeah week. we don't we don't see anything but we we see like toberfest we see more from yeah we see a dip from bike week and bike toberfest just because the only, the only bonus we get is the locals look for somewhere that the bikers aren't right and so we kind of stay static in that regard but like Bike week isn't a spike for us. Yeah. Bike Toberfest isn't a spike for us. Overall, we didn't have it this year, yeah. but it was pretty flat for the most part. We were down probably ten or fifteen percent, which normally we're down like more than that. For yeah. Toberfest, so. yeah. As far as Main Street went, every business that we've talked to on Main Street was down this year from from last year, which is going to be normal because we didn't have the outdoor vendors. Right. Now, when you talk to the guys up in Ormond up there, and oh, like the Iron Horse and there. Beaver Bar and stuff like that, they were up from last year. So. And, and they allowed outdoor venue, where the yeah. city of Daytona decided to to try to stop shut Bike Week, shut down yeah. Bike Week altogether. And then, and here's the biggest issue with that. Okay, if you want to come down to Main Street, the city of Daytona, if you guys want to come down to Main Street and send your goons down there, code enforcement, down to Main Street to bust vendors, that, that's whatever. If you're going to do that, you're going to do that. But don't come down and start busting the balls of a business that's been there for 70 years and was the only business on the street that was open for most of the summer that was the only business yeah, paying don't, you don't, taxes. Don't, don't mess with the brick and mortars that are always Yeah, there. we're yeah. there 365 days a year, and you're down there Even trying to below. bust our balls yeah. over a T-shirt rack. Yeah. A, oh, yeah, a T-shirt. A T-shirt rack. It was outside the door, though. That was so outside the door. It's outside that. the door every can't day. Can't have that. That's outside the door every day. You can look at the T-shirt rack, and you can tell that the shirts that are on it are sun They're not for sale. They're not for sale. <laughs> We're not selling t-shirts off the t-shirt rack. We were not an outdoor vendor, which you all put a stop to. You weren't allowed to have outdoor vendors. That that t-shirt stand that's just for advertisement sets out there 365 days a year, and you can tell it. Yeah, I I have a real problem with, and that's honestly, that's why we're in Holly Hill. Yeah. Because Daytona has a hard time with... uh, Getting out of their own way, yeah, and trying with the woman too. I mean, 
Yes. The city of Daytona is probably the worst city for small business in oh, Florida. Agreeable. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they make it hard on small businesses across the, new, the board. The new developments that are having to come in, like the, the bigger developments as far as housing, they're trying to get them to put a certain amount of affordable housing, you know, houses in those developments. No, oh, yeah. And there's plenty of affordable housing in Daytona. Oh, my God. Oh, yes. They, can't, they yeah. can't move. Yeah. Because of where it is and how it's, you know, regulated Zone, yeah. and how it's zoned and everything else. But they want to put, like, affordable housing in the bigger developments that are going in. It's like, what are you guys trying to do? Yeah. You can't. Maybe you can increase jobs. Yeah, we, we wouldn't need it. Yeah, we, uh... They can increase jobs and they wouldn't need it. I mean, we lost GE 40 years ago. It was a bad decision on Daytona. Yep. We they lost, lost, we lost all the blue collar stuff that was going on. Yeah. Yeah. We had we had high paying jobs. We would still have today. And they, now they rely upon small businesses and the small businesses that come in want a ton of freaking subsidy, you know. What but they don't even they don't even they don't help. produce that much yeah. or guarantee guarantee the jobs. It, it, the problem is with it's the uh, they will bend over backwards for the for the very large businesses that come in because they think that this is going to be like the and next they'll shut it, they'll shut it down in no time absolutely yep. and I mean, they'll think they think this is like the next Silicon Valley or something pre COVID I I had eleven employees right I didn't get any subsidies and I wasn't asking for any subsidies right and you know I don't I don't have eleven employees now but they were talking about these this T-shirt manufacturer yeah in Ormond that was going to go from like five employees twenty employees. They go from twenty to a hundred, and they want like a million and a half dollars. And it's like, what am I going to get? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not that I'm sitting there with my hand out, but just and don't give anybody anything. I wasn't asking for it. Right. Just don't give anybody anything. It makes sense for you to be in this business in this city and raise your kids here, where there's good schools, you know, right. good education, then stay here. Yeah, the you don't want to be part of this is, community. Is they also just put up hurdles too? I mean, I, I, I went through the hurdles too. Yeah, yeah. I had to get a zoning variance to start my business where I started. You know, before before my first dollar that I made, I'd spend almost three thousand dollars. Oh yeah, we were trying to move to do one business block. where I was. We were moving one block. The bar we moved the barbershop from from one location to another location, one block away from each other, and the city gave us hell for a year trying to move it one block. It's like. They didn't like this sign. They didn't like this idea. They didn't. They wanted more m- murals on the side, but then they didn't like the murals that we decided to put on the side of it. I give Holly Hill a lot of credit. Yeah. Holly Hill is pretty pro business. They are, I, and, and they're realistic. They understand. Yes. They, they go to you and say, "You're doing this. That makes sense. And we're going to do it." Uh, it if was, it doesn't make sense, they'll tell you why it doesn't make sense. Just Orman's not, you know, been that way with me. Yeah. I, I was told very early on when I was looking to open our business from a, a very kind of a prominent businessman in town he said first thing he told me was look in holly hill and i was like i don't want to be in holly hill i'm there's holly hill's just got kind of a stigma to it and i'm just like i don't want to be in holly hill there's nowhere there i'm going to want to be so i just kind of ignored him dumbass i so i looked everywhere in daytona norman and all these other places and i went finally we looked actually we looked at a place right next door to you mm-hmm. santo here we we uh we had a shop. We actually put an offer in over there, and uh, we were really close to doing that. Thank God we didn't. But I mean, you would have the water. You would have waterfront. Yeah, a lot of waterfront. <laughs> yeah, there. but no, it's uh, the the uh, you know we started talking to the city, and it was such a nightmare, just trying to do basic things, and we were gonna have to spend. See, you had to spend three thousand dollars. It was gonna cost us over a hundred thousand dollars 
for the variances and the rewriting of the land development code and the stuff they wanted us to do in, in Daytona. Yeah. And I said, that's that's not happening. Like, we're not, we don't have, like, bunches of backers where we've got millions of dollars behind us. So it's not us. So we almost shelved the whole thing. And then um, we found a piece of property, happened to be in Holly Hill, and we went to the city and said, hey, what what kind of issues are we going to run into? Because I was kind of jaded at that point. And yeah. uh, they said, oh, no, no, no. How quick can you get open? Oh, by the way, this is a redevelopment area. There's grant money available. We'll help you get that. Like they Signs. Saw every, I mean, they have been fantastic yeah. from start to finish. And even now, I mean, they've been really, really great. And We uh, were in business for I like, tell everybody, go to Holly Hill. We were in business for five years, and we got we get a phone call that says, you're not allowed to do outdoor entertainment. <laughs> You guys gotta have, you gotta have a, a second variance for outdoor entertainment. You're not allowed to do food trucks, by the way, too. Oh my god! So we spent almost another nine thousand dollars doing those two. So I mean, we're we're twelve to fifteen thousand dollars in the zoning variances. Just zoning to where we can do the business that we started doing that was no problem for five years until people that own other businesses in the town that start complaining about it, and then we got zoning variances around it. And now we're okay to do it. To me, that's that's the city of Ormond Beach trying to shut down small business, right? Because yeah. big business owners complained to them that small businesses were doing things that were out of the box, right? Which and these cities again, we, we got the zoning variances around it, so we're allowed yeah. to do it now, so they can kick rocks. But like but that's that's America. We had to yeah. go. We had to go and spend extra money to be able to do the things we had already been doing that weren't interfering with anybody. Right. Right. That were generating revenue for us and for other small businesses. Yeah, by the way, you're not next because door to food an trucks, Outback or anything. Yeah. The food yeah. trucks that we had were actually required to be licensed by the city of Ormond. So they were requiring yeah. food licenses by the city of Ormond for the food trucks that we had. And then they went and told us that we weren't allowed to have the food trucks that were already licensed by the city of Ormond on private property. That just doesn't make any sense. It, yeah. It's, it's, it's big developers. It's, it's certain political contributors pulling strings. And you don't have to, yeah, they want to be pro business, and I'm I'm happy they're pro business, but they're pro business for the people that contributed to the campaign. Right. Certain yep. people, yep. Yep. And, and they need to be pro businesses, small businesses that fund their cities. These big businesses don't even pay taxes. That's like that's like they, the city of Daytona. They bend over backwards for one Daytona, and they bend over backwards for the Speedway, who don't even pay taxes to the damn city. Well, on that note, maybe next year. <laughs> and our second train. On that note and our second train coming through, we made it an hour and 30 minutes, so... Uh, Probably have plenty of content. Yeah, we, say, we talked about a lot today. Yeah, yeah, we did. All right. Well, guys, it's been fun. Well, it's been good being back with you guys after yeah, a few months great. break. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we need to not, not make it so long next time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Next time we're going to do, like, motorcycle burnout pit fucking... Have to do a little video of that. Yeah. Yeah. Jeremy will have a bike by next time, won't he? I, yeah, he'll have a bike by next time, that. and we're going to roast the tire off of it. Let's uh, donate one to him tomorrow. I, I need a bike. Hey, you just, probably need a bike more than the pool. I yeah, you need so. a bike uh, more than the pool. Uh, yeah, my kids would disagree. No, yeah. wait till they, you didn't bring them on the Ural yet. Yeah. No, you're right. They would love yeah. the Ural. You should take that this weekend. It's a good weekend. We can't. waiting to go to. Go ahead. I got helmets you can borrow. I'd rather take the Ferrari. So next you podcast wanna, episode, you want to donate? It's a little something. tight, a little tight to fit the kids in. That's all right. Though I drop them off in school, <laughs> two in the front seat. That's People it. Are like what the heck? Yeah. That'd be awesome. It's like a clown car. I had to take Zane to the school don't, on don't the bike. Don't let borrow your Jeep unless you have a key hidden. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're yeah. over here in the Ferrari one time. Yeah. yeah I'm like, we broke it. Well, 
Fuck, you broke it, man. He's like, he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, borrow my Jeep. Just take my Jeep home. You broke the Ferrari? The yeah, yeah, he broke the Ferrari. So he took my <laughs> Jeep home. <laughs> oh, shit. Did you break the Jeep, too? No, he no. left the key in it. I left the key in it. <laughs> he locked it. I locked the door. It's old school. Go, it's, it's 90s. I'm sorry to call you about this. That's weird, because like the you last time we did one of these... Key? He goes, yeah, it's... It's, it's taped. taped inside. It's taped on the fender. I go, on the oh, fender of the engine perfect. compartment. Open up the hood. It's taped in the fender. I thought this He's conversation like, was going to go the other way. Worse. But this is perfect. <laughs> He's like, oh, there it is. All right, man. Thanks. <laughs> See ya. See ya. <laughs> My day will continue. That's awesome. <laughs> he, he, he fucking thought about it for 20 minutes before oh, he called man, me, too. He was, like, he was like, how can I get in here? <laughs> I That wasn't the first time I locked it in. That was the second time. Oh, the first God. time you locked the it in. The first time, the back hatch was open. So yeah, I you sent it you rarely go through. Well, then I go, I can't leave the back hatch open. I got stuff in here. So I locked the back hatch. And the key. Yeah, I gotcha. <laughs> That's funny. It seems like every time we do it. The 90s I, weren't good to you, Mauro. Because I had that problem, too, if you remember. We went out after one of these podcasts. And at like 3 in the morning... I had some problems. I had some problems. Mara was telling me about this. I had to yeah. call Mara. Up. <laughs> no, I was still there. It was the You're Walgreens, out. wasn't it? It was the Walgreens. Yes, I had to had to call Mara up. Yeah, the Walgreens. Yeah. And I had a I had a. We tried a bunch of stuff. Fuel pump. It was a yeah. fuel pump problem. Yeah. Uh, we had to tow it. Had to. We had to. Yeah. So we tried to fill it up. Then we tried to tow it. We got it back to the shop. Yeah. Old school, old school, yeah. Well, three in the morning, there's not a whole lot of people on the road, so. Yeah. You have a key to my back gate, don't you? No. I need to get you one. Yeah. <laughs> you have a flatbed. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there is a flatbed back there. There is a flatbed back there, yeah. You wouldn't have thought about the flatbed at this time. No, at this point, no. We were, we were well past the flatbed. Yeah. I'll tow it with my motorcycle. Throw a strap around the back. We're about at that Throw a strap around the back fender. At that point, yeah, no, it was bad. Yeah. Probably not. Uh, yeah, never mind. Yeah. All right. On that note, it was our recap. Edit that out too. Well, that, <laughs> was that, that out. Well, that was the wrap up that we were looking for. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, guys. Until next time, y'all have a great one. I'd like to thank y'all for listening to this week's episode of the Blue Collar Social Club podcast. If y'all would like to make a suggestion for next week's episode. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can go to anchor.fm slash Club and hit the support tab, and it'll take you to where you can make a monthly donation to the podcast. Any donation made to the podcast would be greatly appreciated due to the fact it does take a lot of effort and time to put these podcast episodes out there for you guys. Again, Thank you so much for listening to the podcast and supporting us. And remember, you guys have a great week.